was like, she's not home. And then this producer was like, I don't want to say his name, but he was like, this is whatever from Hollywood. I think she's going to want to take this call. <laughs> that's, that's like the dream sentence. That is, that's like when we're doing an improv show playing someone from Hollywood. That's our opening line. Exactly. I didn't know exactly. anyone actually used that card. Welcome and thank you for listening to Almost Almost Famous, the podcast where actors, writers, comedians talk about the ups and downs, ebbs and flows we're working towards making in this crazy biz and how they're almost almost famous. I'm your host, Daniel Acker. Today's guest is a member of The Groundlings, has starred in Mike Tyson's Mysteries, Splitting Up Together, Supermansion, Florida Girls, and more. It is the one and only Patty Guggenheim. Woo! Yeah. Hi. She's here, people. <laughs> Patty and I actually just did a very fun improv show last night. Yeah. That was, uh, I feel like the first time we got to perform together in a long time. It even. was. It was great to perform and see you last night. Great to see you today as well. Yes, you too. And, you know, I've never really asked you these things. We know each other for a while, but. I know. What? Why yeah. acting? Why comedy for you? Oh. You're great at it, but what was, what was the like. Oh, yeah, that's the germ of it. You know, I always love to laugh. I think it's my favorite thing in the whole world. As, like, I'm not the first person ever to say that. I think you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But my family was really funny. Like, my grandparents were all very funny and like comedians. Like, my, I had both uh, great grandparents on both sides who did vaudeville. And so I think it was just like in their nature to like be those, you know, my grandpa was like sticking grapes in his nose and I don't think that was vaudeville, but you know, just like they were always doing things to make people laugh. And then, um, and then my dad got me like a VHS of Phyllis Diller when I was really little and I like loved it and watched it all the time. Well, that's amazing that you actually have it I guess you could make the claim that it's in your blood. Not that you would, well, but, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. I don't, I haven't had guests who've been like, oh, my family was actually in vaudeville, which is incredible. Yeah. The more I learn about it, I'm like, whoa, they like spent their weekends and, you know, they would have like selling vacuum jobs or furniture mm-hmm. and then on the weekends do, do these shows. That's amazing. So, yeah. And there's one, my, my grandmother, her dad um, in Indiana did this show where he would like, I kept hearing about it and I'm like, this is so cool. He would come out in like this big coat and then like, you know, I think this was probably done in vaudeville, but like draw a, like um, a hook on a chalkboard and then hang the coat. And then he would go sit on the edge of the stage with a picnic basket and just eat the whole time the show was going on. And so he was just laughing and eating and enjoying the show, like on stage while all the performers were doing stuff. Oh, wow. What a very like surreal, almost avant-garde type of comedy. Like, I feel like that vaudeville stuff was really like of the time of like, that's a silent movie era feel like, you know, it's just like, don't need to say anything. Don't need to do anything. Yeah. There's nothing much to it and you're just like entertained though you're just like oh well that's just funny and weird and yeah and I do like that he you know 
went to the people and was like, I'd like to see the show, but I'd like to see it from the stage while I eat. <laughs> I'm just, I, the dream. it's a dinner and, and a show for me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would, I wish I could do all my shows like that. Where I was just on stage eating a full picnic basket. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I've been thinking about that. I'm like, that would be great. Just like have some snacks. Now growing up, were you in like theater as a kid and all that stuff? Yes, I did do, I did like the local theater um, in Indianapolis. I did a few shows and I was like, not, you know, the kids who get the lines and do all the things. I was like in Alice in Wonderland, I was like the five of hearts, you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like my huge, like, oh, she's going to make it. You know, it was like, um, I just liked to be involved. (laughs) Nobody was like, keep your eye on that card. (laughs) Exactly. She's got something. (laughs) She's really that. And then, and then mostly at home, I mean, at school, I would do like the school plays and stuff. Um, but then at home, I, I just loved Saturday Night Live and would recreate the, the sketches with my brother mm-hmm. like every weekend and then my friends. And then in high school, I did some theater and then um, speech team. Okay. You know, yeah. A lot of speech team. I feel like speech team is definitely a gateway for a lot of people. It sure is. stuff. Because yeah. I never did uh, speech and debate. I just know that it's like there's the debate side and then the mm-hmm. speech side, which is like recreating oh. books yeah. at times. And did you do like duo? Like were you with- a- I did. Okay. I did duo. And yeah, so that is, you're basically taking like a movie play or a book down to 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> and playing all the different characters, multiple characters. And then you can't look at each other or touch each other. So it's like, does not translate. It's very performative. But, you know, you get to act. Mm. You get to act. I loved it. Yeah, I, I worked on a documentary many years ago about high school speech and debate. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, God, well, I'm blanking on the name. Was of your it. college friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sammy and Erica were the... Masterpiece yes. behind it. I was the assistant editor on it. And I just remember as someone who never did, I was just like, this is such a fascinating form yeah. of performance. Because like you said, like the performers face out, they don't look at each other. They can't touch each other. Can't but touch. it's a like part of the magic, I guess, is that they're always put in situations where they're almost about to touch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, they want to like, they're about to kiss or they're about to like, let someone go yeah it's really it is funny because i was i would watch it and go like they easily could just not move and just tell kind of the story but instead i was like (laughs) like (laughs) the pops it's it's so intense it's so great Um, i know well i wrote a pilot and we're we're pitching it right now we're out pitching so I, i like want people to see this world because it's oh so you wrote a pilot about high school speech and debate yeah oh yeah fun Oh my God. So I'm, it's, we're going out with it right now. Um, and it's just really fun. Yeah. It's such a microcosm of any school being that you mm-hmm. do have kind of the theater bent kids, mm-hmm. but then I also feel like you have the kids that go on to be like lawyers and like, you know, like all of them together. Yeah. And it's also very professional in the sense, everyone's got to be suit and tie. You have to be right. like in 
like, at 5 a.m. on Saturdays. Yeah, like you're in suits for a, on a bus. A job interview, it feels like. And then you're up Literally. there going like Home Alone by John Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then, oh, wait, Kevin. Yeah, you're doing all the stuff and it's wildly entertaining. Yeah, we had it at my school, and for whatever reason, I had friends in it, and just never, never clicked for me. Yeah, I was, I was a bit of a bad boy. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh. Not at all. That's <laughs> 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 not true at all. Couldn't, couldn't even you, get the sentence out. And you were in Ohio, right? Yeah, and you're in the Indiana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it like was your high school big or small? Medium? There was. It was like maybe like two thousand students okay yeah okay what about you i always like to gauge like were people like drinking and like doing yeah or was it like there was like i i feel if memory serves me about 500 kids per grade and there was definitely okay. like yeah that's got some there was definitely like drinking and that stuff also a lot of people love dip they love oh, same and to a level where like kids would dip in class same they'd have like water bottles water or their or coke Coca-Cola. bottles yeah because it's Coca-Cola. the same color because it's brown and you see these kids just like sp- dribbling spit Ew. and i just how did that fly with any teachers ever because they not know some probably didn't know but some had to have known and gone pick your battles like right. i think some probably were like i dip too <laughs> or like yeah like yeah oh uh, like, like i don't blame them i'm dipping back here also i yeah. feel like when it comes to dip as gross as it is the thing it's also like they're not really going to be impaired in school it's not like they're just chugging booze in class right. or like getting high or something where it's like are you learning it's like you're just taking some real gross nicotine right to your lips oh, god <laughs> did you ever try it i did not i just i just know myself and i know like that's not gonna be a thing i'm I gonna s- enjoy you i did a few times the first time i passed out and barfed Mm. And then I was like wobbly for a while. It, it is so strong and intense. Yeah. I was just like, I think that's going to just be terrible for me. I yeah. Like, I don't even love caffeine that much. I'm like, this is not going to oh, be gross. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. So you got Sick. speech and debate, trying dip, doing all the things. <laughs> <laughs> I like to try a little everything, you know. Sure, sure. Yeah. What makes you feel like, I know you talked about like the vaudeville, but you're talented enough that you could easily do dramas and you could do stage plays and all those things what you know that's so nice yeah you know like it's, it's fun um it's all true <laughs> but you also have a skill for comedy and i always am fascinated because i think everyone i've interviewed on the show i really feel like if you're good at comedy this might be simple simplifying it too much but i think you can do drama and yeah. i don't think it's the yeah. other way but what is I've... it for you that makes you go yeah it's comedy that's just what i want to be doing you know how it is. Like if you're in an acting class, that's like serious actors. You're like, Oh my God. Like this is, you can get a lot from it, but also like, who's going to be here to make fun of this with me? Like, mm. like I want to be able to laugh at life. What I'm saying is I love to be around people doing bits, laughing, making fun of the things that like so many people take so seriously. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I feel like it's just, I mean, why else are we here? What, like, I don't mind yeah. being dramatic or serious and acting at times, but I agree that I have a short 
confused for it because I go, I want to laugh about this. I want to yeah. joke because I feel like the bits and stuff is people like really tapping into the funniest perspective on reality. Yeah. And it's so rewarding. I also, I'm, I'm curious if you have this where we hang out with such incredibly funny people yeah, like that. I shocking. almost forget until I hang out with a group of people where they're funny and they're nice, but they don't hang out with funny people. It is incredible. I feel like oh. I'm on top of the world because I'm just oh, being yeah. myself. And they're like, oh, this guy, this guy's so <laughs> funny. And I'm just like, this is, this is like middle of the road with my friends. Or you, you start doing bits and then they just stare at you. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. It, there's both. But yeah, yes, it's like, oh. <laughs> or they're like, what is that? Yeah. But I like it because it's like, you're funny. Yeah. And I think humor is such a quick way, and I'm sure it was for you growing up, of like finding your people. Oh, yeah. Like if I was joking around and I was around somebody or people who just weren't laughing, weren't getting it, I could quickly go like, no harm, no foul. You're just not yeah. going to be in my life. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like if we can't make each other laugh, then I have I no time for you. I Before I knew that that's what I wanted is like people around to like laugh with. I feel like I've always just gravitated toward that, but like it definitely saved me in like the group of friends because that was like my thing. Did you feel that? Mm-hmm. Like I was like the funny friend. Gotcha. Yeah. Because maybe growing up, I feel like all my friends were pretty funny and I'm, I'd be curious to ask some of the friends I grew up with if they were like, oh, you were the funny one. Or if they were like, no, I was the funny one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't know. But I think now, given where my life is and where my career is, I think it's sort of like, oh, yeah, Daniel's the funny one. Well, it's because I was in the wrong group of friends. It was like mm. they were all kind of like, eh. and I was like, bing, bing. And yeah. like, oh, you're going to be the funny one. And... <laughs> It was like you were setting up the personalities for a girl group. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be the popular ones with, like, all the boyfriends, and you'll be the funny one. Yeah. You'll be the jester of the group. (laughs) Exactly. You'll be the one that our boyfriends, like, (laughs) like to talk to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Also coming from, like, the Midwest, and I've talked to so many people about it, where it's like, being professionally funny doesn't feel like a thing it takes a while for it to click of like, what, whoa, okay, I'm gonna do this. Yeah. It's like, before it's just like, I'm funny, one day I'll do something. Yeah. It's, it, but it's never like, I didn't know anyone growing up who's like, I'm gonna be a famous comedian or I'm gonna do something. Like I had like a teacher occasionally be like, you, you're gonna do comedy. Like, yeah. cause I could make people, and I was just like, that's a thing. And there's, those people were so important because they knew like the bigger world and we were just like yeah pop popping around everyone was you know lawyers or works at bank yeah you know like we like I knew I didn't fit into that but I didn't know that it was even a possibility actually I did like very young write a book a little you know like when you write little Mm -hmm. books and like elementary school or something like I'm gonna be a famous actress with my best friend so I did like have those things Mm -hmm. like percolating but I didn't but as you grow up you kind of like are like oh okay well what I do doesn't quite fit right 
I was going to do broadcast journalism because I thought that that was like the closest thing to television sure. that I could like wrap my brain around. Yeah. And I, cause I feel like at least growing up, it's like there are other professions. And so you could literally see their steps. But we lived mm-hmm. in cities where even though I think you're Indianapolis, right? Am I mm-hmm. in Columbus, both capitals yeah. are like not small cities by any means. Yeah. But it wasn't like, it's the hub of the entertainment industry. So all of a sudden your mm. friend's parent is like a writer on a show and you could be like, oh, instead you have to like come out to here, New York or Chicago or someplace and go, oh, it's possible. Yeah. People around here doing it. I did have a family friend who his best friend uh, was a writer on Saturday Night Live. So I did have like, a, you know, three degrees away I was like oh and or like two degrees mm-hmm. and that seemed really cool and and I did get to go see that show for my 13th birthday and so that was like that seemed like oh I know somebody who knows me. and that's actually how I got out here I found him at the Nordstrom shoe apartment in Indianapolis <laughs> and I was like I know you I love you Hugh Fink is his name and then he was pitching a show out here and I think I knew that. And I was like, if it goes, you know, I want to come do coffee or anything, whatever. And then he was like, okay, yeah, thank you. It's nice to meet you. And then, you know, like a few months later, my mom got a call. I was like in high school, senior year and, or no college, college, this was college. And he, my mom thought it was an army recruiter because they would call the house. Did they do that for you? They like call the house. And no, like, I think they Hello. really, they got to look at me and we're like, we don't need to <laughs> skip this guy. Well, weirdly, like they call sometimes when you're like graduating college. Cause they're like, well, if you're not going to, you know, it's an option for it for you. And she was like, she's not home. And then this producer was like, I don't want to say his name, but he was like, this is whatever from Hollywood. I think she's going to want to take this call. <laughs> that's, that's like the dream sentence. That is, that's like when we're doing an improv show playing someone from Hollywood, that's our opening line. Exactly. I didn't know exactly. anyone actually used that card. Actually, I should use the same. He's like the most fabulous person ever. But he, it was just like such a fun a phone call and then I was like on the phone with someone from Hollywood and they're like come be an intern and I was like yes oh my god so that's how I got out here oh I did not know that that's yeah. so cool I mean I was still in college but I just did a semester here yeah that's great more and more through the years you kind of just realize like you just it's people it's the people you yeah. meet and stuff oh, like it's one thousand yeah. yeah I don't think I've ever progressed or gotten work solely from my resume you know like just by me alone it's always been like oh oh you know so and so and I know so and so oh great or we have this in common like nobody's just like looking at a sea of things and going I don't know it's always like somebody says something nice about somebody else and it's all yeah, it's just, there's, I know it's like so cliche, but it's like, who you know? I mean, it's like, and it, you don't have to know like the biggest, best people, but just like meeting people and like putting your, you know, mm-hmm. putting yourself out there. There's something to that. And, you know, then all of a sudden you're working on 
showbiz show with David Spade running around Hollywood. I mean, it was super weird. It was, it was coming from Indiana and then doing that was like culture shock city. Now, have you for yourself gotten a definition of success? Do you have one, a personal one that you Mm -hmm. refer back to? I feel like I always go back to just making things with friends and I do that at the Groundlings. Mm-hmm. I do that with, you know, the funny people we know. We get together, we write. But I think doing that, you know, in film and television is my ultimate, like, success. Right. Creating. I love coming up with show ideas and worlds and characters. So just doing that, like, as much as I want, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, it's just also from your early childhood of it was always with friends and family Mm -hmm. and making things, people laugh and those circles. So like, of course it would, as you know, we get older and we're doing more professional stuff, that desire is still there of like, what, you know, what good is it to work on something if no one's laughing and you're not with your people kind of feeling like, I agree. Like I would, that would, would be the dream. Just be like, look around the writer's room, all my friends, look at everyone in the cast, all my friends. And we are just making content for ourselves that also tons of people are enjoying. And then we're on a yacht and we're going through yacht comedy, French Riviera, you know, yacht comedy is my goal. It's, (laughs) it is the future of comedy. (laughs) You're like, just do a cruise ship. Mm-mm. um your no, own yacht. no no this is yacht comedy and this is where other yachts will level. pull up as the audience audience yachts <laughs> <laughs> and nobody's really listening but that's okay it'd be like just like an impression also because i find this fascinating because we're in a career that these could happen have you thought about or had dreams or desires or where is your head at when it comes to fame and fortune I think fortune, yes. Mm-hmm. I think that is more like, not that I need to have six houses, but I need- Five would three. be good, yeah. You know, it's like, I want to be comfortable enough to like have really great things, you know? Yeah. And, and I already, you know, I feel so grateful just like for everything. I'm not trying to sound like ungrateful. That's kind of a nice fantasy. And why not? You know, why not? Mm-hmm. If everybody, if there's so many people who are like multi-multi-millionaires, why not us? You know what I mean? Yes. Like I- we're very, there's no reason. So that, yes, fame, I, to some scale, but I don't, I don't think I know if I want that life. It's like, you can't go to the grocery or you can't go mm-hmm. to a place without getting, you know what Mobbed. I mean? Mobbed. Yeah. Yeah. So you want, I feel like the fortune side comes with like freedom. Like, okay, you have the power to live how you wish, say no to things, say yes to things. But when the fame comes in, you lose that freedom a bit. Like you suddenly can't just. Freedom is the word. Mm -hmm. That's like my goals, like freedom. Mm -hmm. So being able to just like be anywhere, go anywhere, do all of that feels good. 
Now, do you have any moments in your life where you feel you've quote unquote made it or hit a milestone in your career? I think Florida Girls was Mm -hmm. really like it felt like, yes, I belong on this and it feels really right. It was one of those experiences where it's like, I don't know, it just felt cool. Like I was the first one cast on it. And then we got to like find the world together. And I was like, oh my God, it just felt like really cool to be a part of that because it was like a world that I really found so much joy and hilarity in because it was just like girls being like so trashy and I was like "Ah, I was made for that (laughs) but that was really really fun yeah also just like when you're in something that like you said just clicks so well and like the chemistry of the whole cast and the part you're playing and what you get to do in it that's the magic when you're like oh man Mm -hmm. like I know everyone was telling me like you book the parts that are right for you and all that stuff. And then when you finally do it, you're like, I see it now. Like there's all the reasons why, like I'm grateful for all those other auditions, but I get why they weren't for me. And I get why this one's for me. Yeah, exactly. It weirdly works out how it should. And that's one of the hardest parts about this business I think is like just trusting that that's how it works out but it it does it does speaking of that how have you like what do you do to handle what I would call like the lulls or the times you know in between the jobs like do you have a you know mantras or things I was gonna say drugs but then I was I'm just kidding yeah you you like to dip (laughs) (laughs) when I'm having a lull I yeah, I get a tin. I get a tin to the lip. Mm-hmm. I do a ton of mantras. I'm like a mantra whore. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Are you secretive about your mantras, or do you? Are you um, like? Are you like this mantra works for me on Tuesdays, and you throw it out to somebody, or are you like very much just like these are just? I feel like it's so personal. I try not to push them on to people, sure. but I do. I mean, I have them for everything, but just like, I, well, you can't, I know it, no one listening can see this, but I have like a whole like little weird altar right here of very witchy, like tarot card things going on. To paint the picture, she has tarot cards, a lot of chicken bones. Oh, <laughs> I think that was a monkey's paw. Um, no, she has like tarot cards, candles, crystals. Uh, it's, it's one. Yeah. I very much believe like what our thought patterns are is what we what manifests what comes Mm -hmm. to be reality for us so I do the work that's like when things aren't going the way that I'm like hoping for I'm like okay what do I need to how can I like iron out my thoughts and my the way I'm like feeling about all of this yeah because I think that's such a huge part of it there's a lot of power in the energy of how we think and what Mm -hmm. we think about and also the power in knowing that you are bigger than your thoughts and feelings you know Mm -hmm. like there's like something more so Mm -hmm. I think the lulls can lead to a lot of times a repetitive negative yeah thought process and it's very important for anyone in any part of their life to pause it and go is any of that actually true yeah right like 
am I actually never going to work again? Am I actually the worst person on the planet? Right. No. Like, let's, let's backtrack. Is that something that you feel like you've kind of like throughout your whole life have kind of had that mentality? I've weirdly always kind of been drawn to something spiritual. Like I was not, wait, we were not religious. You know, Mm -hmm. my dad's side is Jewish. My mom's side was like Christian, I guess. And it's like, they were kind of like, decide what you want, you know, which was great. And I just always kind of, I've always journaled. I've always like felt like something about that practice of getting on a page and just writing, even if it's like, I literally have diaries from like first grade. And it's like, (laughs) I have lice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. That was not important to write, but like, just like I've always kind of tapped into talking to myself in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. I would love if through the years of your journals, like, guess what? Guess who has lice again? <laughs> hey, it's 14-year-old Patty, lice girl. I'm starting to think this might be a problem. What is um, happening? <laughs> do you do like morning pages? I write, it kind of morphs. Sometimes it's like the serious, like three page, you know, just whatever. Sometimes it's just like a page of a mantra or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I do do that every every morning. As do I. I you it. do? Yeah. Great. I've done it for, I don't know, maybe five, six years now. Oh, that's and awesome. I'm very thankful my handwriting is so terrible that no one will ever be able to read it. <laughs> I can, I will go back and be like, I can't even read it. Like, it's like, it's suddenly become an alien language. But there are so many pages where it is just, a repeated mantra over and yeah. over where I'm just like, if someone does find this where they'd be like, oh, this is where he went insane. Yeah. Like, see these, see these 20 pages in a row where he's writing the same thing over and over. But I do, I'm, I'm with you. I think there's a, there's something cool to it. There's a power and intention. Yeah. I also find even if it's a personal, but I am big when in a way accountability, like if I write it down, it sort of mm-hmm. becomes like, well, now you should, you got to do exactly. it. You got to pursue it. Like, and so anytime I'm like, all right, I want to do this thing. I'll start to tell people I'm going to do it mm-hmm. because I hate the thought of like years later, they're like, did you ever do that thing? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> it puts like a horrible, like, yeah, you become your own like parent or teacher or something. You're like, oh, I got to do the thing. But yeah, it is a good discipline, that fear. Yeah. <laughs> the fear of not. Fear of not doing the thing. Being honest to your words, I yeah. guess. No, there's definitely something that adds magic to it when you just write it speaking of being a person my word i told you you're you're gonna get roasted oh god i forgot about that (laughs) oh wonderful so like (laughs) like all the guests we have to invite out uh famed insult comic raz clifford i love him so let's let's bring him out okay come on out raz Oh, hey, folks. Uh, finally, Daniel has someone that's actually famous. Famous for being a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, goody. It's Patty Guggenheim. Oh, now, God. For the listeners, Patty has the unique ability to be able to play both believable idiots on the screen and off the screen. She's great at it. A real dummy. <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen any of Patty's work, consider yourself lucky. But if you are ever in an unfortunate, horrific situation and forced to see it, please just take a deep breath and remember, 
it'll all be over soon. <laughs> oh my god. That's exactly what Patty had to do through this brutal rads. <laughs> Boom, you got rads. <laughs> oh my god. If you ever see me around, Patty, walk the other way. I don't want to talk to you. Oh. I can't risk it. But You're I- so dumb. <laughs> but I love you, Raz. Ugh. Ugh. I just threw up in my mouth. Oh. I gotta take care of this. All right, yes. well, here's a mantra for you. I suck. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye, Raz. Bye, Raz. If you can write that one down, if you want. Okay, I'm going to my journal. God, Raz. Mm-hmm. I miss him. I love him. Speaking of vaudeville. <laughs> speaking of Yeah, I think he knows my relatives. Yeah. Uh-huh. He probably stole your grandmother's big basket <laughs> or something. At one point. I kicked it over. So in college, you studied broadcast journalism? I did. That- yeah, I thought that that was going to be... I did an internship at Channel 13 Eyewitness News. Oh, shit. Yeah. The witness? Yeah, Eyewitness. Yeah, the witness. If not acting, would that be a thing you actually would want to do? Or was it just like, this is in front of the camera? Like, what would be the thing, if not acting, that you'd be like, okay, that's an interest or that could be something I would adapt? Well, it would be like being a designer or like a party planner. You could crush that. I could totally see that. Secondary to acting in comedy, of course, you're doing what you're supposed to. But like, girl can throw a party, people. Bro, I still want to do it. I'm still going to do it no matter what. But like, just huge, fun, wild, like funky parties. Do you have a moment where you feel like you've gotten bad career advice? When I first moved out here, a guy I was seeing was like, oh, you're 23. Oh, you, yeah, you're probably a little bit too old for commercials now. <laughs> commercials? <laughs> He was like, I think you're getting, I think you should get on it. Like, I was like, what? what? Commercials are literally the thing that I feel like nobody will ever be too old for because they're always going to have something. Maybe if he was like, you might be a bit too old for those Gerber commercials. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now thinking about it, imagine if you watch commercials and everyone in them was 12, regardless of the product. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it is, it's a young kid's game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say, and this is like a very famous um, acting teacher, so I'm not gonna say who it is, but she, like, I was doing this like really early on class, and we had we had like test headshots. It was like test out how to do a headshot. I was like, okay. I was like, what is this class, by the way? But um, we did a whole bunch of everything, like how to do acting, and I wore something, and she goes no take that off and I was like oh she was like this is not just stuff like that and then I ended up doing headshots later with that thing I was wearing and like that's the headshot that everyone used you know it was like it was me and it was just somebody giving like blanket advice right to actors and saying don't do this but I was like this is the most me thing I'm gonna do it and then of course it's authentic so it's gonna like read you know and this is the headshot when you're in the full big bird costume right (laughs) (laughs) exactly 
people were like, oh, yeah, of course. No. Yeah, that's so hard. Get it out there. <laughs> Do you have a story for when you are inevitably on a late night talk show that you've been dying to tell? Oh, I do. Yes. All right. I'll set you up. All right, folks. Our first guest, you know her in everything. (laughs) Award-winning, fantastic, hilarious, household name. Everyone, it's Patty Guggenheim. Yay. You know, I wouldn't say this is a funny story. Great start, Patty. (laughs) (laughs) It's really sad. Okay. We're setting the bar. Okay, audience, get ready. (laughs) No, but it's a weird kind of, it's a kind of weird witchy story. Oh, we love those. So I was doing this book called The Artist's Way. So there was an exercise. I was doing it. I was living in Santa Monica and I was doing the whole thing. It's a 12 week thing and you like, you do it. And I got to the exercise where it's like name five people that you would have dinner with who've passed away. So people who, so I listed my great grandmothers, Albert Einstein, Chris Farley. And then the last person I wrote was Phyllis Diller. And then I was like, she might be alive. So I Googled her and she was 93 and lived in Brentwood. And I was like, this is amazing. Like I have to find her. I live in LA now. I like she's still here. Like, this is so cool. So later that day, I was going to go on a run and running up this path. And there was this restaurant called the golden bowl. And I like looked up and I was like, this place looks so cool. I want to come here. Cause it's kind of like hidden. It's very old school. And I just like stopped. And so I was like checking it out. I was like taking a mental note. I want to come back here. And a car pulls in front of me and it's like this red Jaguar and stops. And, um, this guy like gets out of the driver's seat, comes around and opens the passenger side door. And this hair comes out. It's Albert Einstein. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that fucking weird? That is crazy. No, continue. (laughs) And then this little purse And then he helps this woman out of the car in this whole like matching ensemble outfit and the purse matched and all the things. And she turned around and it was Phyllis Diller. And I fucking turned white. I did not know what to do. I was like, oh my God. I was just like, I I almost cried. I was just like, this is so crazy. And she walked straight up to me. And there was like this Mustang in front of me. And she goes, is that your car? And I was like, no, I wish it was. And she was like, you should just take it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, Phyllis Diller, it's so nice to see you. And she's like, it's nice to see you too, honey. And then she just like walked in to the restaurant. And I was like, this is, I didn't know. I almost passed out. It was just so wild. That is so, so yeah. cool. We, was there any little bit of temptation of like, do I go in there and have a meal with her? Like, <laughs> yeah. is, is this like, do I just go, this is going to sound crazy. I had to do a list of five dead people. Good news. You're actually can't <laughs> You're be on it. She would probably actually love that. Yeah. If I would have said that, but I, I didn't, I was in like sweaty gym clothes, but I did go back later and I did run into her again. And it was just weird. It was weird. 
Now, do you have anything that the listeners should keep their eyes peeled for coming up? Any things you're working on? You said you're out pitching a show. I'm pitching. I'm excited about that. New season of Curb. Ooh. I'm going to be in one episode. I'm like, for that. That is fantastic. I think that's October. It comes starts that. And then a show called Liza on Demand. I did a few little apps. And then new season of Reno 911. But I don't know when that's coming out. That is awesome well yeah listeners keep your keep your eyes peeled for all that stuff that's gonna be super fun again patty thank you so much for coming on this show this was so fun it's great having you uh and thanks listeners for listening i'm your host acker and this has been almost almost famous (laughs) 